Welcome, everybody, to the Sailing Legends podcast. This is Diane Allen, your host. Today, I have an interview with somebody I've known for a lot of years, over a couple decades. And we've been in and out of each other's lives in different sailing arenas and everything. And um, every time I see what Chris puts out in the world, I smile. So I invited him on the show to share his humor, his excitement for sailing, and just his general great personality. He's a very gifted person, and I'm so delighted you're on the show with me today, Chris. Thank you for coming. Well, thank you for having me. Well, I want to start off, like I start with everybody, tell everybody a little bit about how you got into sailing. When did you learn? What happened? How was it? And did you even like it when you very first started? Well, there's a couple of starting points for sure. I would say the earliest experience is probably on Higgins Lake in Michigan. Um, you know, we had a, cat, a cottage up there on the lake and uh, we had a sailing canoe. <laughs> nice. And, you know, I'm sure it was never rigged correctly, but we would put the sail up and blow around their lake a little bit. And then um, I think my father purchased a shark yeah. or uh, an old like 16 foot monohull. And so we, we, we put that out a few times and, um, but I always enjoyed the power of the wind controlling whatever I was doing. So that was probably when I was really, really young. Um, and, you know, as I grew up, uh, Hobie cats, I owned a Hobie cat and, um, and that was really my, I just loved the adrenaline and, uh, of flying a hull. And uh, I've been rescued three times by the Coast Guard, you know, which is three, which is, you know, my uh, I guess those were my uh, the, the price, the price of admission, I guess you would call it. Right. right. Um, but we, you know, and I had a turbo, a 14 foot Hobie turbo, mm-hmm. and I would trailer that thing around here in Clearwater and Dunedin and uh, just launch it and and go on the intercoastal and just have adventures and. Um, I had that for a couple of years and ended up selling it, but, um, you know, that was really my start to my, you know, uh, sailing and, and my love for it. Um, but you know, it wasn't something I could always do in my life until I moved back to Tampa. Um, I guess it was in, uh, uh, 2000, something like that, 2002. And I met uh, a gentleman by the name of Bob Glazier at a uh, at a wedding and we happened to be seated at his table and so the discussion of sailing came up and i told you know i was just oh my god i love this man this guy is cool he's you know we got to talking about sailing and he invited me to come out on the thursday night on sail with him at davis island and i didn't stop sailing on his boat until he sold it like 14 years later and the adventures were numerous and being a uh, self-taught sailor, I'm pretty much a self-taught guy. Um, no formal training. It was very interesting to get on a boat, very intimidating. And, um, but you know, like anything else, if I didn't, if I didn't know what I was doing, I would just outwork you. That was my, you know, so I would just do everything and work hard. And, you know, they told me to pull on this thing. I'd pull on this thing and tell me to do that and let this thing go. And, and, um, and, you know, it, it just became like this, um, this cultural iconic experience that I had was really blessed to be a part of in Tampa. 
because it is really one of the hidden gems of living in Tampa. And I, and I will say that no matter what career opportunity or anything that popped up in my life, I had to think about my sailing team as part of my decision. Like, I don't know if I want to do that because Thursday night, baby, it's, it's on, you know, and the yelling's going to happen and whatever else, and who knows what's going to go on. But <laughs> I was, I was hooked, you know, for sure. Oh, that's really cool. And Thursday nights at Davis Island, there's, there's nothing like it anywhere. You know, it's a really special thing about Tampa that most people will never experience. And those that are lucky enough to have experienced it really make it part of their life. At least that's what I saw. Yeah. Oh, totally. Um, I want to back up just a minute because you sailed um, Hobies and that's catamaran. And then you also sail monohulls. Do you have a preference? <laughs> um, it's hard to, you know, what I'll tell you this, like, look, if it's, there's nothing like flying a hole and getting wet. Okay. Yeah. So I, that's absolutely my, my, my love is, is to feel that adrenaline and possibly flipping it over and getting it, you know, that whole experience is great to me. But now I'm a little older. I may, I may enjoy an asymmetrical, you know, a uh, Grand Prix sailing yacht over that nowadays, I guess it would be, I, I, I do love the, the asymmetrical spinnakers and big wind. Um, it gives me the same adrenaline with maybe a little bit more security that I'm not going to be in the water. <laughs> <laughs> or at least not in the water the same way. <laughs> right. Yeah. But um, it's just two totally different animals, but the, the exhilaration is almost identical to me. It, it almost doesn't matter. You know, if I'm doing one or the other, it's like I'm, I'm in the right place. Right. So before we started recording, you mentioned about every time you see a palm tree, it makes yes. you think about sailing. I can look out and if I see the trees blowing around, mm -hmm. I realize I should be on the water. That's almost happens to me. And I think about what happens is it's, it's kind of weird because I'll start thinking about the people, the experiences and what it would be like at that moment to just be on the water and be free and, and obviously no motors, you know, like that to me is like, once the motor goes off, the whole world begins, you know, and that it's, there's just something about when the motor gets turned off for me. Oh, you know? that's so true. I hadn't thought of it that way, but every time we kick the engine off and it, as it goes doo -doo -doo -doo, and it's quiet, yeah. it's like, oh, I'm getting goosebumps. It was like, that's when everything gets real and starts. Yeah, there's yeah. and and, yeah. and it's so I'm oh, so ADD that sailing is the perfect sport for me because there's always something to tinker with. You know, I mean, a lot of people think sailing is just sitting back and relaxing, but now not for me. I got to trim this and look at that and analyze these things and where's the wind coming from and but you know, there's just so much that you can think about that. Um, for somebody with such a poor attention span, it's perfect. <laughs> it's true. It is because there's always something and it's always changing. And yeah. I always tell people it's like a moving chess match, kind of like you're, if you're racing, it's always changing, always moving. And, you know, ADD or fast thinking brains, it actually works in our favor to be able to do more than one thing quickly to see what's going on. It actually is an asset, I think. And the other thing that's great about the racing um, is the people and the dynamics of um, the personalities. Mm -hmm. 
you know, from lawyers to engineers, engineers are always the most interesting to me is because they're, they have like a computer mind that is <laughs> that, you know, they see things that I don't even recognize, but to me, I guess I, I, I feel like I've always had like this natural understanding uh, between the boat and the wind. You know, I can't necessarily uh, tell you what's going on in my brain, but I feel it like the connection and what I'm supposed to be doing. And these guys are very technical and it's so it's interesting. The, the personalities are always very interesting. You know? Right, And it's two completely different ways, right? Like it's all about feel and it's all about, and then there's some people who can be so overly technical, they lose the feel. Yes, and, there's you know, balance. There's all of those things. And so it's a great balance when you have that on a crew where you have all those assets If people would respect them with each other. It would be, it works out really, really well. Well, which was great about Bob is he was a therapist. Yep. So, you know, he, he was, he was the hub, you know, like Bob was sort of like the, uh, the, the guy that was this calming, cool, mostly yeah. sometimes calming and cool, except when we were <laughs> rounding the marks, I would say. <laughs> right. Well, mark roundings can be intense. So when yeah. you think back on all those years sailing with Bob on his boat, is there an event or a situation that jumps in your mind as something that you learned something really powerful in? Well, you know, my, basically my uh, invite to the party was always my ability to prepare all the food. Well, of course. I mean, you're such a great chef. <laughs> so that was, that was how I got probably quite a few invitations. It wasn't my uh, super skilled sailing prowess. It was more or less, I was a hard worker and I was willing to take care of everybody on the boat uh, nutritionally. So that was it. And then it would allow them, you know, and I would get time behind the wheel and, and, and I would do all that so that I could be better, you know, and learn. And um, I think the single, I don't know. I mean, you, you're asking a couple, a couple. A couple well, memories. Well, I, the, the greatest thing, you know, the, the, the buoy racing is great. Okay. But it really was a gateway for me to be able to go offshore. Yes. And that, that's where the magic is for me. I love the competitiveness of it, but I like the solitude of being offshore mm -hmm. um, for two or three days at a time and not having a phone, no electronic devices. I'm basically clearing my, my hard drive. And by the time I get to shore, I can't even put two thoughts together. Meanwhile, on the way out, my brain is so jammed up with so many things going on. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm all stressed out. I work, this, relationships, finances, and romances, whatever. And then you get out there and you get, and then you get to the other place. And it's like, I recognize how completely reset I would be, mm -hmm. um, both spiritually, um, mentally, and, and even physically. You know, um, so I think the first time that I recognized that would be one of my greatest experiences, you know, like this, I understand the, the, the juju of this whole sport now, you know, like before it was just a lot of yelling and, and, and macho stuff. Um, and, and now it's like totally like a whole nother arena. And I know, you know what I'm talking about. Totally. One of my favorite things to do completely is being offshore at night. Yes. And if I can be offshore at night and, and I would always love the long distance races 
ever yep. since I was very young. And when the sun went down and half the crew wanted to go to sleep, especially on some of the boats more recently, I'd go, see ya, I'll steer, I'll trim, I'll whatever, me and one other person, you guys nap, because this is like my space. Like I love that experience more than, than just about anything else. I love buoy racing, I love it all, but put me at sea at night. Yep. See, I was the sun, I wanted the sunrise shift. Oh, yep. yep. You know, I wanna be from three to six and, um, you know, and you give me a nice fresh cup of coffee and, uh, and put me on the wheel. I am, I mean, I'll just be locked in and just, you know, and a couple of times, I think one of the coolest experiences was going to Mexico and having the um, running through phosphorus waters. Yes. Oh. And the dolphins were following us. Mm. So the dolphins were like glowing underwater. I could see them swimming because they were surrounded by phosphorus. That was like, that's a magical full moon. You know, everybody's sleeping. I don't give it, you know, that's, that was a magical moment. It was very spiritual. Like, wow. Yeah. Oh. You know? Wow. I got goosebumps just hearing that. There's nothing like that. That's being in that moment. And it's just beautiful. You know, Bob Glazer used to always say, and it would be moments like that. He goes, I wonder what everybody else is doing right now. You know, that was like his favorite thing, just to put it into perspective, like just how blessed to have that, you know, that was beyond what I could, you know, I, and I'm most proud, one of the things I'm most proud of are those experiences. Yes. And there's no words really to capture completely. We can only talk about it and point in that direction, but it's the experience that transcends our words. Well, sailors talk more shit than fishermen, I think. <laughs> well, especially after a race. Yeah. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. But <laughs> I, I, I love that too, but, you know, because it's such an impact that it has on everyone, you know, that they're just beaming, you know, and everybody usually gets to shore very happy and, you know, and it's like uh, everybody had their moment, you know, and they're, right. and they're not wrapped up or bound too tight. You know, right. yeah, it's true. It's it's fun to be in the energy of it after a race or back at the club afterwards and all the comparisons and all the stories and all of the whatever emotion. And it's kind of like we all go out on the water, all tensed up. And then the major reset happens and everything goes into flow and then we get back on land. and It's like, ah, oh. but yet with a lot of adrenaline and aliveness and vitality. So there's absolutely, you know, there's it's like it's not like everybody's lazy or tired. It's we're ramped up, but it's not staticky, you know? Right. My, still my goal and my dream is to, uh, I've been thinking about getting a large cat and, and spending a couple of years, um, traveling, doing the Caribbean loop or just, just kind of seeing where the wind blows me for a couple of years. And, um, so that's, that's the dream right now. It still is. Um, I'm going to be, taking some captain's courses to sure up my navigating skills. Um, but, you know, so that, that is one of the goals and the dreams that I have for sure. Oh, that's great. Sailing around, following the wind. So when you think back, when you think of all the sailing and the value of the community of other sailors and you've been to sea, and so, you know, we have each other's lives in our hands mm -hmm. and then a buoy racing, it's 
our lives in each other's hands differently <laughs> and all of those different things. Um, share a little bit about that impact on your own life of having that kind of camaraderie and connection. And You know, I, I, I often call um, people that I've, that I've traveled offshore with, those are my boat brothers. Good name. You no. Know, and it's like they're family. There's like a certain connection that I've had with them, some better than others, but there's always a connection of, of that uh, intimacy. There's a level of intimacy that occurs mm-hmm. that, that is really unique um, where you can really, you know, sort you can sort a lot of problems out at sea, you know, and, and everybody just listens, you know, you got time. So it's all good. <laughs> and, um, and it's also the, um, I've had the, luxury of sailing with some of the greatest on the planet and which is a blessing you know i've had um um you know i remember winning the uh davis island cup with oh rogers right. as being really green and i even shrimp the jet uh the spinnaker and we still won the damn race you know in spite of me trying to lose it um we won it and um so i had a lot of respect for not only his leadership his calmness and his competitiveness. It was, it was an interesting thing, you know, but it was an experience that I had and, you know, and I, I gained a lot of respect for his uh, craft. You know, he was like, a, you know, if I, as a chef, I considered him to be a master chef, mm-hmm. you know, and then there's, you know, sailing to Cuba with Cooley and, um, and just the whole dynamic, the different dynamic of that, but what a great, you know, we'd become friends, you know, and, um, and it's and it's interesting to see the different, um, not only personalities but skill levels, and how one person can be such a rock star, and then another person can be a complete amateur, and how that somehow works together, and we we get it done. You know, there's there's something that just happens, and people are always willing to you know, but uh, you know, there's also the the emotional stuff that happens out there too, because of the competitiveness. And I never really had that affect me too much. I've only had to tell people to be quiet a few times. <laughs> <laughs> or I had to, I had to stake my boundaries a little bit, a couple of times, right. you know, um, sailing with a great uh, sailing mind, like Tom Barry, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, truly a very, I mean, he's a computer. Everything is, you know, he looks at something and, and all this data just runs through his head and he's spitting right. out information. And I don't, I don't get how he, you know, but for him, it's, that's his thing, you know, and he's really good at it, you know, especially sales trim. Um, one of the masters of, uh, so all those experiences combined, you know, I, I have these lifelong friendships and, um, and, and, and experiences that are priceless and unique and everybody knows it. You know, right. nobody's like above those experiences. Everybody knows how just lucky we are for that experience, you know? Right. That's true. I think that's true. We all realize the value and the importance. Absolutely. I mean, it's so important. It's not even funny. So, so people are listening to us that um, are thinking about getting into the sport, flirting with the idea of maybe learning how to sail or, or should I race or cruise or what should I do? So to those new people out there in the world, what would you want to say to them? You know, it, well, first of all, I mean, if, 
like me, anything that I have done well, I, I, I screwed up several times over. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good, that's a good one. You don't have to start out perfect. <laughs> yeah. So just get yourself out there um, and, and find out if it's for you. Um, you know, get, get around some people that have some experience and, and safety, you know, to me is pretty important. Um, you know, don't, you know, I was self-taught and I probably safety wasn't something that was a part of my life. <laughs> right. You know, so I was pretty careless, but I gained, I gained a lot of respect over the years of for safety and, and the care of others. Like we do literally have each other's lives in our hands and that's important. You know, um, I, you know, I, I say, just go for it, you know, um, wherever it be, you know, uh, I joined uh, the St. Pete Yacht Club and they had a lot of boats that you could take out and they had the ability to, uh, you know, whether it be with an instructor or without, but getting instruction is pretty important just starting out or finding a good tight crew of people that are willing to share that with you. And more often than not, You'll, you'll find that sailors love to share their knowledge. <laughs> yes, they do. Even if you don't ask them. <laughs> They'll give it up. That's true. That's true. You know, so it's a great way to learn is just go put yourself around people who are in the know and 100%. soak it in and ask questions. It's a hundred percent. I mean, I think that, um, and it's a blessing for them. They get, they can't keep what they have unless they give it away anyway. You know, it keeps them fresh to go back to the basics, to go back to the finer points of just understanding the, the simplest things, you know, so that when the things get a little crazy, you know, you're more, you know, you're prepared and all the little checkpoints and things that you really look at when you're setting up the boat and, um, you know, not tying was tough for me. Um, my brain doesn't work that well. It doesn't, I can't, you know, tying a bowline, I, I hate to admit it, it took me years mm-hmm. to perfect the bowline. And to this day, I somehow get them, you know, because I'm left-handed, everybody teaches me right-handed. I still get them upside down once in a while, <laughs> but it's okay. I figured it out. I figured out a couple of easy ones, but um, even that, you know, I always marveled at the guys that could cinch things up real quick and get organized out on the boat and, um, Always very impressed by that. Right. I'm trying to turn my beeper off here. And uh, I remember the first time I was down in Key West after Key West race, or it might have been Key West race week or Key West race way back when. And there were all these guys that were doing flying bowlings where they throw right. the line out and it ties and it comes back. And I'm like, okay, I can do them one handed behind my back because my mother made us know how to do that before we could go offshore when we were children. But I, that flying bowling was a whole nother, whole nother thing. Yeah. I've seen them and yeah, good for you. All right. I'm so far. I was like, yeah, okay. (laughs) I'm so far away from that. I'm just grateful to be uh, able to perform some of those things because it was really tough for me. I couldn't tie a tie. I mean, my first week of uh, working in a corporate job, I had to wear a tie. Well, I didn't know how to tie a tie and I'm going to training class. I had somebody tie one. So the whole week I never untied it. (laughs) (laughs) The whole week I wore the same damn tie. And um, anyway, the rest, I learned how to tie it eventually, but God, I struggled with that. I don't know why, but 
it is what it is. Maybe it's my short attention span. Or maybe it's just the way your brain processes the world or something. I guess. Yeah, I definitely have one of those. What does sailing do for you spiritually? Well, you know, my spirituality and my higher power, my belief system um, is really centered around um, early on, my earliest concepts of that. Uh, albeit I was raised Catholic, but my, my spiritual life, I would say that uh, Mother Nature was something that I connected to and believed that, you know, this is something, if I'm going to be a spiritual person or God-like, whatever it is, that is something that is tangible to me. There's not a lot of science. I can see it. I can touch it. I can be a part of it. And it makes sense to me. Um, so that that's really it for me. It's the, mm-hmm. it's the being in the element, um, you know, rain, shine, uh, doesn't matter. Uh, I'm, I'm part of nature, you know, like one with all of it. If there's, I don't think there's anything more powerful really when I think about it. Well, it's it's the ability to be able to control it too, Mm -hmm. which I have issues with, you know, right. (laughs) But I control this thing, you know, (laughs) but I really, and it gives me the illusion of control, which I don't actually have, (laughs) but, but it's, it's fun to be able to, there's just something about it that, that is so much bigger than me. And I realized just how small and, and, um, and how small everything else really, it shrinks everything else. Mm. You know, it makes all my problems, everything gets smaller and just like, and I'm in that moment too, by the way, versus the many other things I could be thinking about. Right. It's it, when you're not in the moment, if you're sailing pretty soon, something's going to go south. (laughs) Yes. You do have to pay attention (laughs) and and it forces you in the moment. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that, that would be, I like the question. Um, yeah. 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 So this is like a, a question I've never asked anybody, but it's popping in my mind. So I'm going to ask you anyway, because I think it's funny. Um, so if sailing was a really great meal that you're preparing for somebody, what would it be? <laughs> wow. Because those um, of you who don't know, Chris is like this amazing chef and it's such a gifted, talented person in the creation of food so this is a fair question for him <laughs> it would certainly be rack of lamb oh yeah okay. yeah because it's the, one of the few things that i don't care where you go even if it's on the menu it's hard to find a good one mm-hmm. you know so my rack of lamb is my signature it is definitely requested on every holiday and um and it's it's the essence of art and science coming together in perfect harmony, you know. Oh, perfect. Yeah. yeah. Tough question. Easy answer. <laughs> well, it would be an easy answer for you. <laughs> well, I didn't have to think hard about that one because right. I know I know exactly what I'm bringing to the table on that for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's true that it's that perfect harmony of bringing things together. So. When you think about calamities and funny events and things that you still look at and just crack up, will you share one of those stories with us? Something that still brings a smile to your face, no matter how old it is. In relation to sailing? Yes, in relation to sailing. Okay, good. I'm glad we clarified that. Um, (laughs) Because 
there's quite the Rolodex. <laughs> well, we're going to pare it down to sailing. Yeah, we, we got to go. We got to keep it clean, huh? Um, <laughs> geez. Uh, I would say probably one of the most exhilarating moments and probably the craziest moments of my racing was, um, you know, Bob allowed me to uh, manage the boat when he couldn't be there and I would captain the boat so that we wouldn't lose crew. Very important that the boat keeps going so that the crew keeps showing up so they don't jump on other boats. So I'm pretty green at the captain uh, seat and uh, we're, we're racing and it's, and it's blowing pretty heavy on a Thursday night. And um, I guess I port tacked, this is what they said. I port tacked the entire fleet uh, at the start and I found a little crease right in between two boats and everybody was screaming at me and we just nudged right into the center of the whole start. And, um, <laughs> I mean, they're all going this way. I'm going this way. And we just jumped right in there. And, um, so I would say that's probably, I, I'm best remembered for that. I'm sure <laughs> I scared the shit out of a lot of people that night, but, um, okay. I don't know. I, was, I had no fear. And so it was a successful port tax start. It was, it was successful, but nobody thought. I should be doing it or could do it. <laughs> <laughs> but it worked. Them all. But it worked. Yeah. Right. I mean, we were playing, um, I was just racing at other boats and dodging them. And it was enough wind to really do whatever the hell I wanted. And, and um, with the J105, it was pretty nimble. And we just snuck in. I just yelled at him when we were coming, coming around. And the crew reacted expertly. And um, we got in there and snugged it right in and, I don't know how we did that night. I just remember the start. It was amazing. <laughs> so I won't claim to have won any race or done anything spectacular other than it was just a, a lack of experience and knowledge uh, and a lack of fear. And um, I, I think back on it. I know it was for me, it was kind of funny because I didn't, I had uh, no fear of what I was doing, nor the etiquette or anything. I just didn't care. You know, Cause you didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know. You didn't know you were you weren't supposed to do that, so you pulled it off successfully because there was nothing nothing mentally in your way. No, and you can't go into the clubhouse and say I didn't know, you know. Then they'd be yelling at Bob, "What the hell are you letting this guy drive your boat for?" You know, right. So, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's probably one of my my fondest captaincy moments. You know. Oh my God, that's hysterical. Somehow I can see that in my mind's eye. <laughs> it was pretty slick. I mean, I slid in between these two boats. I thought we were going to collide. And, uh, and I was nervous about that. Most importantly, I was probably more fearful of having any damage to the boat that I was being allowed to drive. Right. You know, but there was no damage. Nothing. No. No. And in fact, I know that we overtook the boat that we, we took some air away from some other boats. And, and it was fun. It was actually a lot of fun. So oh, sweet. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Good okay. question. Thank you. And so well, I only have one more question on my mind at this very moment, but another one could pop in. And so this question has to do with um, how you feel emotionally 
in those moments, like mark rounding and in the racing, buoy racing kind of moments, what kind of feelings do you experience? I feel a tremendous obligation to the team. Hmm. I mean, that's, that's first and foremost, like I truly feel committed to everyone mm -hmm. that, you know, by the releasing of, of, of pressure and the capturing of, you know, all the different synchronicities that are happening are very important to me. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I would say a calmness, like I don't need to be screaming and yelling and, you know, unless, you know, we're going to hit something or anything like that. But I, I, I find myself better and I'm okay with being yelled at. I actually will tell the better sailors that I know that are really good. Don't be afraid to give me shit out here or to tell me what I need to be doing if I'm falling short, because the last thing I want to do is let the team down. You know, that's important to me that I've carried my weight. Um, and I know I always didn't do that. You know, everybody can admit to that. Right. So, um, so that's the part that I, that, you know, comes to mind with rounding a mark is the team, the team philosophy and the, and the, the nonverbal communication to, um, just the watching, you know, I can sense somebody moving behind me. I already have an idea what's happening. You know, there's the beauty of getting to that point. You know, when you see the stuff moving around the boat, it doesn't even have to be set or you can see the wind and then you see somebody reacting. All that stuff's happening for a reason. And the moment that you kind of get that there's a reason is awesome. Yeah. You know, like it's making sense to me. Thank God. I thought these people were just going to yell at me all the time. <laughs> so it's really, it's really a great moment when you can like actually yell back or, you know, God forbid I even give somebody else a hard time, but I, I wasn't that kind of person. I, I wasn't that important to me, you know, so that I had to, I had to little belittle somebody else at the moment, you know, it was, I mean, yeah, I'm competitive, but I don't need to, you know, I, <laughs> There's some super egos out there for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. So that, so it's a moment of triumph though. So what I'm hearing is like, once you dial in and realize why the people behind you start moving and doing things like that. And, and on one of the boat of the year boats I raced on for many years, we used to um, work toward mark rounding with nobody speaking. Hmm. Feel with no, just moving and doing our jobs and doing what we needed to do and feeling the boat and looking at the mark maybe the tactician would say what kind of rounding we're going to do, whether we're just going to harden up or tack around or jibe set or whatever, <coughs> what the plan was. Um, and, and it was really spiritual in that sense. It was like this perfectly orchestrated, very intense and silent at the same time experience. Yes. And then after we pulled it off and it was really beautiful, you hear all of us, you know, go yay or something like that really loud like it would emerge out of our mouth our excitement in some fashion um and that's what you reminded me of is like we just started knowing and so there, right. there's that moment of triumph for people when they realize that there are things going on and behind the scenes and in people's minds and it's a fluid sport and there's so much going on in the way like people who think in their computer away and then there's people who do the feel and people who can do both and people have been sailing for decades and decades and decades that approach it maybe differently but yet we get to the same end yeah I, there's yeah. nothing more beautiful than a perfect spinnaker launch yeah. you know totally. 
I mean, of all the parts of sailing that I, I mean, it's just the, the moment that the boat takes off and it's been flawless. Like everybody's, you know, timing was perfect. There's no grinding the winch in, you know, you got six feet of halyard or all that other bullshit that everybody, that always happens to all of us. And it's all there in time. The captain didn't turn too quick or too slow and whatever. But that moment, you know, and it's a rare, it seemingly can be a rare experience, but when you see it and you feel it and happen, it's like, it's, it's magical. Yeah. That's, that's a synchronicity of, of, of the crew. Yeah. You know? yeah. Nothing more magical. Cause I usually am the kite trimmer. So I have the sheet in my yeah. hand. And so when it goes up and it pops open and the boat dials in and there's really yeah. no adjusting, at least not right away there, there, there's nothing more beautiful than that. Yeah. And I've always been impressed the fact that you're out there with all these guys and you're, you're, you're just balling out with them. And it's a very impressive thing about that. I've, I've known a lot of things about you, but for sure, I've always been really impressed with, um, you know, um, it, it's sort of a, the a boys, a boys club, you know? Yep. In a, in a lot of ways. And when I very first started sailing, it, my mother and I were the only women actually sailing right on, on the boats and now there's a lot more women but i still sail more in the league with more of the men sailing because of the con the way it operates is what's familiar most to me right but it's definitely the boys club for oh, yeah. for many forever but i i love to see the women come out there mm -hmm. and hold and, and just be able to hold their own and they're always the most there's something about the calmness and the um i don't know just the the being sure of themselves that's impressive you know yeah thank you yeah yeah it's, it's i wouldn't trade it for anything no you shouldn't <laughs> throw it in their face yeah own so, it oh yeah there was one um nude that we sailed in st pete and the, the, the photographers took a picture of the boat was healing and we were all we were all hiked out and we had our crew shirts on and the picture was from the back. So you could just see the backs of all of us, right? On this thing. And I looked at it and I'm like, who is that kid? We didn't have a kid. And I realized it was me. Oh, geez. <laughs> that I'm so much smaller than all the other guys on the boat that I didn't realize it because I carried the same weight as they did. And, and I'm like, wow. It was like this just really weird kind of surreal moment when I saw the picture at the awards banquet that night. I'm like, we didn't have any kids oh my God, that was me <laughs> and how much smaller I am than everybody else. And I was like, you know, nice job. You, you did great. We won the nudes that year. And I was like, it, I was like, all right, you know, we can all do this together, no matter who we are or where we come from or big or small or man or woman, really, if we give each other a chance. So, yeah. you know, but I'll never forget looking at that. I had no idea. <laughs> I have an experience I'll share with you. We did um, Key West Race Week on a uh, Melgis mm -hmm. 24 and um, and we were gonna take the J105 down, but there was a problem with the boat. So we, we, we grabbed a juggling act um, and the owner and went to uh, and did this. And it's quite an undertaking to tow a boat down there and get the crew and, and then race for a week. But I, one of the most unique experiences was sailing with professionals. I mean, actual professionals world-class teams from all over the world with chase boats and you get the helicopters flying over you 
you're rounding the mark. There's four different languages going on and people are yelling. And what's interesting is everybody yells around the mark, even if it's a different language, you kind of know what they're yelling at each other. Right. So definitely, you know, and there's 50 boats, you know, in this one design class and, um, that is definitely uh, a proud moment to have experienced. Yep. You know, not a lot of people get to enjoy their sport with professionals. Yep. And sailing is unique like that. We can actually be with world-class sailors um, and competing, you know, whereas, you know, and there isn't any other sport that anybody enjoys that I know of that you can actually do that. Right. Yep. And Key West Race Week is a really great opportunity to do that, especially yeah. If you're in the one, any of the one design groups, because you're right, there's different languages and different things and, and we're all going about it the same, but different. And it's just, it, there's something about that whole energy of it all, where it all just comes together that totally just sends you off into heaven. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely. I love it. Very unique. Very cool. That's a really cool story. So is there any other story that you wanted to share with us before we end the show? I think we're good. I say to anybody who is listening to the show about sailing that you would like to share. You know, it's definitely, um, it's like there's few passions in life that you can have your whole life. Mm -hmm. And sailing is one of those things that you can have on your own and you can share with others. You know, you can you have this personal relationship with it, but you can also share it with others. And it's, and it's, it's something that I'm going to have with me my whole life. I'm not going to, you know, uh, I'm not going to lie. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a way of life, mm-hmm. you know, it's a cultural way of life. And I plan to continue it whenever I can, especially when the wind's blowing, I've got to get another boat. You know, I've, I've got to maybe think about going back to Thursday nights again. And, um, you know, just that's, that's all I can really share on that. Oh, that's beautiful. Well, I really appreciate your time today, Chris, and coming on here. And I know that everybody listening to us is inspired and, and I'm inspired and I'm really grateful that you shared the stories you did to help preserve the legacy of our, of our sport and our lifestyle, because it's, it's truly a way of living. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. All right, everybody, you've been listening to Chris Primo talking about his sailing experiences. And I know he's hysterical. He's great. So understand that if you're thinking about sailing, go out there and give it a shot. Don't just sit on the sidelines. Go be part of it. Find a yacht club near you, and people will be happy, like you heard Chris say, to tell you what they know and show you the ropes. And in the meantime, until the next episode of Sailing Legends, may you have fair winds and following seas. <laughs>